So I'd like to share a story with you all this morning. It's a story from a book I recently read called The Color of Water, A Black Man's Tribute to His White Mother, a book by James McBride. It's a true story about a Jewish white mother named Ruth who married an African-American man named Dennis in 1942. It's also a story of discovery as James McBride, the author of this book, learns about his mother's history and identity, which she had never before spoken about. It's his curiosity and questions that allowed this book to unfold as his mother shared her story. He learned how she left her Jewish faith and married a Christian minister and converted to Christianity. She had eight children with her minister husband, Dennis, before he passed away, and James was born right before Dennis passed away. Ruth, the woman in the story, remarried, and she had four more children, so a total of 12. She had four more with a second husband. She put all of her children through college, and The Color of Water is a remarkable story about faith and race and identity and love, love at the center. The title of the book, and this is the story I want to tell you, the title of the book comes from the story that James shares about going to church with his mother and seeing his mother cry, lots of tears in church, the only place he ever sees her cry. He sees her crying in church, and he asks her after the service, why are you crying in church? And she says, because God makes me happy. Then why cry? says James. I'm crying because I'm happy. Anything wrong with that? (laughs) No, James says, but he knew that there was because happy people did not seem to cry like his mother did. His mother's tears, he writes, seems to come come from somewhere else, a place far away, a place inside her that she never let any of the children visit. And even as a boy, James could see that there was pain behind her these tears. So James wonders. He wonders if she's crying because she wants to be black like everyone else in the church, because maybe God likes black people better. And one afternoon on the way home from church, he asks his mother whether God is black or white. And his mother sighs. Oh, boy, she says. God's not black. God's not white. God's a spirit. James thinks a minute, and then he says, well, what color is God's spirit? (laughs) And his mother says, well, God doesn't have a color. God is the color of water. The color of water. The color of water. What color is water? You can talk to me here, kids, especially if you want to, but what color is water? Blue, right? You think of lakes, Lake Harriet or Lake Superior. They look blue. What else? What else do we know about water? What color? Clear Clear and white, right? Like it seems like a long time ago and it's coming all too soon. But those snowbanks we had (laughs) not too long ago, big piles of frozen snow. That's water, frozen, but it looks white. What else? Clear, yes, clear, and muddy brown. The clouds are kind of gray, grayish, whitish. And then this glass of water I have right here, I've heard several of you say it, clear, clear. God is the color of water. Water reflects colors, blue and darkness and white 
but it doesn't have a color. Maybe God is like that. Now, at this church, we often say, and I remind you all, that not everyone believes in God, and no one expects you to believe in God, but we do believe in the power of love. And many of us would say that whatever God may or may not be, God is love. So maybe we could say, and a variation of what James's mother said, love doesn't have a color either. Love isn't pink or purple or brown or red or white. Love isn't orange or magenta or green. Love doesn't have a color. Love is the color of water. Love just is, right? Love is your mom waiting with you at the bus stop for the school bus to come. Love is your dad packing you that really special lunch with the, I don't know, the carrot sticks cut the way you really like them or the Uh, the gluten-free sandwich that you really want to have every day because you're (laughs) gluten-free. Love is someone giving you their full attention, really being present to your heart, to your story. Love is acting differently next time so you don't hurt someone with your words or your action. Love reaches out, love holds, love cares for, love is with others. Love works through us in brown bodies and white bodies and black bodies, but love doesn't have a color. Love does not have a color. So we've got water, we've got God, and we've got love. Water might be what we know best. We can see it, we can drink it, we can uh, see it all around us. So let's take a second this morning to see what we can discover about what water might teach us about God and love. What do we know about water? This is a question for the kids, but you all can jump in here too. What do we know about water? Yeah, just just shout it out. Water helps us live. Yes, it's the source of life. What else do we know about water? Anything else we know about water? It flows, yes. Yes. Here's, 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 Here's one thing I know about water. Water is extraordinarily powerful, right? In its different forms. So water as ice, ice on top of ice, a glacier. So we're in a part of Minnesota where there are probably glaciers a thousand feet tall, not so long ago, 12,000 years ago, a thousand feet up. So just look up a thousand feet and imagine we're under ice. And that is water. It's frozen, makes valleys, makes hills, shapes the landscape. We know that moving water as a river can carve the earth. A single drop of water, not so much. Add another drop of water and a river and a creek, and then you have the Grand Canyon. Water, when it falls as rain, can flood and wash away everything in its path. And we know, we know this in Minnesota very well, that when water freezes and thaws, freezes and thaws, it can crack and destroy asphalt roads. Water, freezing and thawing, freezing and thawing over time, makes potholes big enough to catch those little blue and white smart cars (laughs) we see driving around. Am I right? Those are some big potholes and small cars, and there's a lot less of those smart cars after winter. That's all I'm saying. There's something else about water in all of its forms. There's something else about water freezing. Before water turns to ice... Says psychologist Joanna Macy, it looks just the same as before. Before water turns to ice, it looks just the same as before. 
then a few crystals form, and suddenly the whole system undergoes a cataclysmic change and transformation. It's ice. The power of love, maybe. The power of God, perhaps, is like that. It looks like nothing is happening in the world or in our hearts, but then love finds a way into our hearts, or we suddenly hear where love is calling us next, and then the whole system changes. We are transformed. We are called down a different pathway. Personally, this is what's happening for me, as collectively we deepen our commitment to this racial justice journey. Love is working in my heart. It is opening my eyes, helping me see more clearly as I read the new Jim Crow, this wonderful book, informative book. And I listen to the voices from Ferguson, Missouri, and around the country, and lovingly, tentatively step away from my own white worldview. Love is working in me as I learn more about how race is simply a social construct, a made-up system that benefits people with white skin and targets people of color. And I'm beginning to integrate what I'm learning. Many of us are, and crystals are forming, bringing us closer to that cataclysmic change where we truly become a church living racial justice principles. Water reminds us, as Paul Loeb says, that it is impossible to foretell precisely when any of our endeavors will reach critical mass and then bear unexpected fruits. Water is patient and timeless. When Langston Hughes says that his soul bathed in the Euphrates back at the beginning of human history, he is pointing to a time of freedom, of liberation, a time when the social construct, the identity of a black race did not exist. Hughes is saying that water, like God, like love, doesn't care about the color of your skin. Water, like God, like love, doesn't care if you're a man or a woman or genderqueer. In our mother's womb, we are held by that heartbeat ocean of water. In this church, we bless babies with water when we dedicate them. And in this church, like so many of us did last night when we celebrated and remembered Dan Bishop's life, we cry salty tears when we feel the fullness of our lives, when we remember the living and the dead. Water unites and sustains us. And every year I talk about church being an ocean, a place where sometimes we are held by that ocean of care and sometimes we come in and are that ocean of care, holding and caring for others. This church is a place where we add our lives to the justice-seeking river, the mighty stream that shapes and reshapes the landscape, the river that always returns to the source. So in this place, in this faith, may you know your life as the precious gift it is. May you know you are loved And like water, may your love bubble up and wash over and transform all that it touches. May it be so. And amen.